Join Alex, Shauna, and Grace, that's me, as we hit the road to discover who we are in light of who God is. Along the way, we'll be joined by friends, authors, and community leaders to discuss the intersection of faith and action and have a ton of fun while doing it. So grab a coffee, jump in the car with us, and let's roll. Hey, y'all. We are so excited about this week's guest. This week in the car, we have K.A.O. Yoshikawa, not only a beloved friend of ours, but a youth pastor here in the Valley, a photographer, writer, and truly a champion of all people. When I tell you he is everyone's biggest cheerleader, y'all, I mean it. This week, we chat with K.A.O. about suffering, pain, and friendship, and how God meets us in all of it. This conversation is so raw, so rich, and full of grace and love. If you're walking through a valley or coming alongside someone who is, this one's for you. Grab your copy and let's roll. It is a beautiful rainy day in Fresno, California. It's a Friday and we're excited to be here. So welcome to Carpool Theology. I'm Grace. I'm Alex. And I'm Shauna. We are so happy to be here. The The clouds would say they they aren't. They look a little sad today. Uh, it's really rainy. Yeah. It's rainy. It rained on the parade. But you know, it only makes it rainy better. It's a hot cup of gel. <laughs> yes, we are in line to get ourselves a cup of coffee. So I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Alex, can you, you shared with us this morning your Nespresso order. And I, oh, I think girl. you should share it with the people. You're oh. an order, like you go through a drive-thru for it. Okay. What you make at Do home. Do Nespresso people in the car? Yes, 100%. I have, I, I have okay, so here. <laughs> I feel like you might want to write this down. Never you're not in the car. <laughs> K.O. is not here. Pay no attention to the man in the passenger seat. <laughs> okay, dude, Nespresso, espresso pods. Nespresso, so I espresso. Like the Dolce, like double espresso one. Influence Ooh. us, please, Queen. Yeah. Okay, in a in a stainless steel shaker, a little scoopy of brown sugar, a little of cinnamon, over ice, shaker up, okay, and then a little dash of the infamous Trader Joe's brown sugar oat milk creamer. Actually, have in. I have sixteen little. It comes the magnum opus of Trader Joe's it's products. It's literally the best thing that's ever come to life. Yeah. I have so many of them because I'm scared they're going to run out. How many have you bought at once, Alex? At least 10. Holy <laughs> She's unwell, people. I Please unwell. check in on Alex. In my outside fridge, I have at least 10 on hand all the time. And if it gets lower, I have to go restock. I get very nervous. Okay, so what that communicates to me is that if Alex gives you some of her special oatmeal creamer, you are very dear to her. Also, and sometimes I just help myself to her oat milk creamer when I'm there, and I just, I know in my heart, I'm like, she's fine, she's got enough. You've got all your fingers, though. She hasn't broken one of them. No. Like, don't dig my creamer. No. Here we go. Tail, you're in it. Out. <laughs> Cheers. Woo! Powerful <laughs> Energy. Stink. Stink. Love it. Stink. <laughs> Yep. So as I was getting ready, I was like, you know, I need something to like pot me up. We have like, we have, you know, carpool theology, like recording this morning. Like, Alexa, we play that Whitney Houston. And Whitney just connected to my soul. Rest in peace. And I was thinking, I was, I was confronted with a lament for the, 
for the generation that my kids are growing up in. 13 and 16. They ought to not have a single Celine Dion or Whitney Houston. I mean, Adele? Yeah. Adele is is right there, okay? Mm-hmm. She, she is. She is. But that's not what my kids are listening to. That's true. That's what I am listening to. <laughs> that is true. <clears throat> to escape from them. Yeah. And their, you know, Cardi B's and yeah. whatever else. Lady yeah. Gaga. Which, I'm not trying to hate on those women either. Mm-hmm. Like, they have their place in our culture. But I was just like, you know, we don't have any, like, a lot of, like, powerhouse pop female singers. Am I wrong in that? I mean, I think that's definitely um, They would disagree. However, I would agree with you that we don't have some whole, like, good music these days. Yeah. That is female-driven. Yeah. That's not Christian. Like, we're going to be, like, mainstream, you know? But, um, yeah. Like, I like third like, the song for the bodyguard. And, like, I Will Always Love You, her remix of Dollar. And I'm like, fire. Yeah. I think the kids would say they've got Selena Gomez. You know, speaking of Selena Gomez. Queen, love her. Uh, she is in a bit of a, somewhat of a feud, or TikTok has decided she's in a feud yes. with Hailey Bieber. Yep. With uh, Hailey Bieber? Yes, to I the point. So she's always trying to bring us down. To the point yeah. where I went to a pokey place the other day and the tip jars were tip for Selena Gomez or tip for Hailey Bieber. What's what's should what's should I Should I tell the people what's going on? What's the debate? Okay. So the beef is, is that Selena Gomez obviously has a multi-million dollar makeup company called Rare Beauty. Mm-hmm. She posted a video and she's doing her eyebrows and her eyebrows, like she's doing them and they're like obviously laminated or whatever. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, Kylie Jenner posts a video and like an zoom up of her eyebrows and Kylie Jenner, for the people who don't know, are, is best friends with Hailey Bieber. Mm-hmm. So she posts a video and she's like, look at my eyebrows, you guys. Like she's making fun of her. And then very quickly, Hailey Bieber posts a zoom in of her eyebrows and then deletes it. Ew. Bad mean girl energy. Yeah. Mean girl energy that is, is out stuff. here on these TikTok streets. So the people were writing for Selena. Like, yeah. how, and heck? lots of people are doing deep dives on the interactions and relationship of selena gomez and there's conspiracy theories going on that hayley bieber has been copying selena gomez all these years Mm -hmm. they have the same very small g tattoo on their neck behind their ear which selena gomez got first and then hayley bieber got it's very strange i'm just saying i'm i'm not saying i have a side and i'm not saying who i tipped but i'm just (laughs) saying that this this is happening on the internet. Well, you know what? We are in the car today with a super special friend, and near and dear to all of our hearts. It's true. Um, somebody that we get the absolute honor and pleasure to do ministry with, and we have been able to learn under for myself, you know, a couple years. Um, Shawnee, you've probably known him the longest. Um, but yeah, our friends. Me. Our buddy. Our friend K.A.O. Yes. I will butcher your last name. Yes, okay, so my name is K.A.O. And my last name is Yoshikawa. If you say K.A.O., it means cornucopia, like stuffed with food in Hawaiian. So you don't necessarily, you'll be calling me fat if you say K.A.O. Yeah. So we, we definitely accent the K.A.O. Did I say it right? As if you're doing like, uh-oh. You know, like, uh-oh. K.A.O. Yeah, K.A.O. Okay. Yeah. 
Tell us a little bit about you. Like, what's happening in your life? Uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, like uh, you guys said, I work for the, the, uh, the well, I work for a church here in Fresno, work in the high school ministry. What's going on with my days? Well, currently it is the CrossFit Open. It's a national competition, worldwide competition for CrossFit. And the reason why it's big in my house is because my wife is a CrossFitter and a coach for CrossFit. And so she made it into the quarterfinals. Of course she got the She is advancing. She was, that means she was in the top 10% for, I think, our region or our like. Wow. Uh, How big is the region? I think it's the all of the United States, or it's simply just the West Division. Can't remember specifically, um, but she's the top 10% female in that space. Absolutely incredible. So, and if you haven't met Kathy, she's like the most understated person. She's like has a deep calm. Yeah. Deep calm. Deep calm. And she's. That's actually a very beautiful way. Of yes. Deep calm. Deep calm. And apparently is a CrossFit. Beast. She's a beast. She's a beast. I, I have heard. That to be trained by Cassie is to like know goodness. She is an amazing trainer. I mean to get under her. That's really good. Well, because there's always like a bad rep around CrossFit, and when she's when she like coaches them, she does like a lot of like the fundamentals, like the like, hey, here's how you not hurt yourself, so you can be like the rest of the world. Uh, and a lot of people come back and be like, wow, I just really felt like I had almost like like all my fears kind of went away. It was like very patient. We needed to like. You like the normal, like when you think of the gym, like people just yelling at you, yeah. kind of thing. It's not like that. So, and also like the idea that Cassie's just like, oh yeah, you're very strong, but you're not like, I'm trying to brag to the world that I am yoked. You know that whole like that energy. You know, talking about. Yeah. Never yes. going in there and changing the game. Yep. Sony so does not have that energy. <laughs> she does. But then it's like she. It's one of those things. Where it's like, oh yeah, like Cassie, like, yeah, and then. You like actually looking at her shoulders and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. 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 She's pretty rich. Yeah. Is she trying Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't, uh, we don't, we don't make Cassie angry in our house. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, and yeah, just your background and, um, yeah, a, a little bit of your journey, like how you got even here to a place of doing ministry, what your, yeah, what, what your life has been like, and why students specifically too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I, it's a long story short, but I don't even know if it's possible to make the short story long or this long story short. But either way, uh, well, yeah, I'm not originally from Fresno. I'm actually originally from Hawaii, so I was born and raised there, hence the name. Uh, and I lived there until about 13 or so. Uh, and then my parents were divorced, and so my dad was currently living in Oakland, California. Um, and then he was working for a, uh, company called Kitty Hawk, which is like an airplane company, I suppose. And FedEx, like, bought them out or something. And so my dad transitioned to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and then when I was 13, there was my, like... That's a big shift. Yeah, already, right? California to Oklahoma for my dad. Huge. Um, and then in uh, Hawaii, it's, uh, it was like not a very fun space for me to live. Very, uh, it's already a broken home. And then uh, my stepfather's like pretty abusive. And so, and experienced like some neglect. And so what happened was I got taken to foster care or foster home, was there for a little bit, got back. And then, um, yeah, my parents disowned me at that point. And we had a judge ruling to like change custody. So. I ended up getting on a plane and moving to Oklahoma to live with my dad. 
And like the important part of the story is the last time I saw my dad, I was four. So, were you at that time? At that time, I was 13. Yeah, when we moved over. That's a tender age. So, yeah, so I moved to Oklahoma. That's how I got there. A lot of people were like, why are you moving from Hawaii to Oklahoma? And it's like, uh, yeah, that story's kind of heavy. So, I just I just say, like, oh, yeah, like my parents are divorced, and that's how we do split custody when you live, in, when you live this far away. But um, that's how I got there. Uh, went to high school. Uh, I wanted to be a meteorologist, like to do the weather, like to like forecast the weather. Uh, going from Hawaii to Oklahoma, it's like, wow, I didn't know the weather could change so quickly. Uh, and I was very fascinated by that. And after like uh, finding the Lord and just like being like, hey, Lord, like I really believe in who you are, what you say you are, and uh, like, you know, essentially declaring that Jesus is my Lord in that moment, I almost had more of an awe of God through the weather, being like, wow, like, the intricacies that you've created for science, like for these things to happen is beautiful. Um, and so that's kind of where like, I was like, well, I'm gonna stay here, go to, go to the University of Oklahoma because the National Weather Center is located there. So all the weather that you receive actually comes from the National Weather Center and your meteorologist, your local meteorologist kind of just reread the report. From in Oklahoma? Yeah, yes. Wow, pretty, it's pretty fascinating today. So, um, and then after that, I was really heavily involved in the church and I started to, uh, we went on a exposure trip slash mission trip to Egypt because the church I was at, um, they, uh, what's the word? The senior pastor is a converted Muslim, converted Muslim, and so he had a really big heart for Egypt. And so it was there, I would, we like got to like, just see like, this is also like post 9-11. So there was already like a lot of like stereotypes for the Arab world. And so going there was really helpful to recognize that like, Jesus died for these people too. Yes. Um, and so I remember I talked to my youth pastor, be like, "Hey, I feel like I God wants me to like be an interpreter for the gospel or something." And my youth pastor was like, "Well, it's not really a matter of like if; it's just a matter of yes. Like, are you going to say yes to that?" So changed my major, went to the University of Oklahoma to be a uh, interpreter. So I, my undergrad is in Arabic, which people are like, "What?" We did not. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, I thought it was like seminary stuff. And it's like, no, I, I interpreted for like two nonprofits in 2013 and um, was able just to like really just like help move the gospel with places that like you really can't talk about Jesus in the 1040 window. And so that's pretty cool. Obviously, there's not really much rest and peace in the Middle East. And so, uh, so we were always praying for. So then what happened was the company I was working with, their grant fell through because they moved to the Ivory Coast instead. And then that's how I got plugged into the church. My college pastor was like, hey, help start up this like intern program with us. We, we feel like your giftings are with like students. And I was like, I don't know. I never really wanted to work for the church. I wanted to like, I like vocationally ministry. I wanted to like be a stateside missionary and go abroad and stuff like that. But I didn't really see myself being a part of like working for the institution or like the local church itself. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I don't really know where to go. And so I'm going to just kind of trust the Lord here. <laughs> and then started a fifth and sixth grade ministry in the church I was in in Oklahoma. And then over time, I just kind of realized, wow, like a lot of my story and a lot of the way I'm wired actually helps me minister to students in a way that I didn't realize it could. Uh, and it kind of granted purpose for a lot of things that I thought were like unredeemable, if that's a word. And so... Uh, that was really cool, and then I kind of just like progressively stayed there. So I kind of went from preteen to teens to over all of them, 
and then I got married and my wife was like, yo, listen, uh, we'd love to move to the West Coast. And I said, uh, okay. Well, I really like speaking on behalf of you. We really like this. I know what you want. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then it just kind of made sense too because like all my family's in Hawaii. Um, and uh, at that time, sort of her family was in Colorado and Oklahoma, and so just really the difference made sense. And so we kind of prayed through a lot and uh, was like, all right, let's just go somewhere on the West Coast. Didn't matter where, we just trusted the Lord. And uh, what we loved about the well was the way they were communicating about the next gym was exactly how my heart was, because I feel like a lot of times we're like, oh, like if only they were older, then we'll minister to students. Um, and it's like, I feel like, I think we missed the point and we can't wait for them to get older uh, or like when they have big problems, that's when they can't, or when they can fully understand uh, all the theology of atonements, then maybe we can like, like start talking about Jesus or anything like that. And so. Because adults understand. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the problems are the same. They're just smaller bodies. So uh, anyway, so that's why I was like, well, I really want to be a part of this church. And that's how we got moved out here. <laughs> so that's like that in like a nutshell. I'm so glad that you got out here. Yeah, we're stuck. We love it here. Tell us a little bit about um, what that was like for you to come to the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe crack that open for us a little bit. Um, you know, it sounds like it's kind of an intense sad journey um up until that point so yeah give us a little like before and during and after yeah of course yeah the story just kind of matches the weather so i think it's like on point it's a vibe um we did say we were like i would love to, a rainy day like heartful theology day and then just to have you in the corner, <laughs> just like matches your like your your soul almost not like like rainy yeah but like, I know, like yeah like yeah. You, your your photography like mm. your you know you are just I don't know why do I tie like rain with like emotions and like it feelings yeah. And, yeah. and I think like <laughs> it, not in like a negative connotation but just yeah so we were like what a great day to have KA yeah, it's pretty rare. It, you uh, are a sunshine person though so that, don't take that that way oh but, no I didn't take that way yeah. I think the weather gives us permission to feel and so yeah. that's what I like try to allow people to do yeah, but that's cool. Um, anyways, Sorry. no, I appreciate that affirmation. Uh, okay. So the, yeah. Oh, the story. Okay. So obviously it's a broken home coming to Oklahoma. And so I didn't really know my dad and I got invited to church. We knew there was a God in Hawaii, but Jesus is one of the many gods that exist, uh, just because of like Hawaiian culture and tradition. Uh, and so like we, I didn't even think we even went to like NAS at one point for like Christmas. And I don't even, I was just like, oh yeah, like Jesus is up there with Pele. Like he's like, that's like his sister. And Pele is like the goddess of all the volcanoes in Hawaii. It's like, that's just what was in my mind. Um, so then moving to Oklahoma, it's in like the Bible Belt, you know, like every, it's more like everyone goes to church, whether or not you believe it's very culturistic in that way. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, so one of my friends was like, hey, we're doing a volleyball tournament. You're from Hawaii. I feel like you'd love that. And I was like, we love a good story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I do would really like to play volleyball. <laughs> and at that time, they didn't have boys volleyball in Oklahoma. They only had girls. And so I went to the church. And then that night, the youth pastor was speaking on Psalm 139. And how, like, God uh, knows, like, intimately who we are. And there's no place we could go to escape that. And I felt like in that moment, I was just like, 
well, I would rather be a part of that family than the family that I'm currently in, mm-hmm. which is non-existent. And my dad, uh, he worked like he was an airplane mechanic, like I said, and so he worked three thirty p.m. until midnight. And so, like, and he couldn't shift his schedule, obviously, because of, like, a seniority. And so I remember, like, I would get home, my dad would be gone. I'd go to bed, I'd go to bed my dad still be gone. i wake up, my dad would be sleeping, and, like, i go to school. So it was very much like I did it. I felt very alone. Yeah. Uh, and I think we could always, like, teenagers be like, yeah, I remember what it feels like to be alone. I always felt alone everywhere. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, people only want to be your friend because you're, like, a novelty. You're like, oh, you're from Hawaii. You're the only kid from Hawaii. You know, like, wow. Uh, and so I dealt with a lot of, like, fake relationships. There was nothing that was very tangible. There was nothing that was very safe. Um, and so to hear that, that, like, there was someone who, like, who created the heavens and the earth but was very mindful of, like, the intimate and intricate and tiny details of who I am, I almost was just like, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> So, like, yeah. please, Jesus, be the one, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's how, like, I, in that moment of desperation, I was like, yes, Lord, please, like, let me be a part of your family. Mm. Uh, and over time, I learned that, like, oh, like, being a part of your family is a piece of it. But ultimately, like, I have to understand also just the gravity of my sin and even how we got separated in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't necessarily the whole, like, where am I going to go to, where am I going to go when I die that led me to salvation with the Lord? It was more like his like actual character that he loves us so much and that's what i was desperately seeking for that right. led me to christ uh and over time just being sanctified learning that like oh yeah like my sin also separates him me from him and but because of the good news of jesus i get to even be part of that family you know and so and having to deal with abandonment issues a lot it's like oh the fact like i like i hang on to a lot of scripture that says that like he would never leave us before saying us or like even in Psalm 139, where it's like, wherever I go, he will be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the moments when I feel like running away, Christ is running with me, you know? So it's like, yeah. or he's already there. It's like, oh, I knew you'd be here. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> you know, like yeah, those yeah. things. And so I think, I, I think that answers the question. Oh. Yeah. It makes me wonder too, like I see you, like we work at the same place and we run into each other, mm-hmm. you know, in the coffee shops and you're like in and around our, our work environment. But, um, I see you mentoring a lot and like meeting with guys, whether they're on your leadership team or whether they are students that you just connected with for one reason or another. How was that evident in your walk and in your development? Um, Obviously before you knew you were going to be a youth pastor. (laughs) Um, But even like, how does that encourage and how did that sort of like put a salve on those abandonment um, wounds? Uh, yeah, I have a lot of like fear of man and also just like this idea that like men aren't safe uh, and I think But still that longing of like I would like like I still need that, you know, uh, we're wired to have those things I think um, and <clears throat> I learned a lot like especially in like high school and in college of like men taking time to like almost like battle the lies that I have in my own head as far as like because I really have, didn't really have a male figure, that I'm not man enough, or like, oh, I'm very sensitive, so that goes against counterculture or what society says that like a man should be, um, or like I don't even know how to process this, these things out loud because I'm afraid if if I say these things and like the whole world crumbles, like I'm admitting that this is real, um, and and I just remember like a lot of like men who would 
take time of their day who would sit and just let me listen or would just sit and listen and process mm. and then look at me and just kind of say like I don't see you any differently or like mm-hmm. um, who told you those things like you know like I admire this of you or can I speak this of you kind of thing and me recognizing that like sometimes that's all I actually needed was someone to say like I see you um, and just that value of that and then when I sit across of other high school students or even other just anyone that I kind of work with the longing is the same mm-hmm. I'm insecure about x y and z and I, I have forgotten the truth at some point like help me remind me what I've forgotten yeah uh and just you get to sit there and kind of hold space for people and then kind of remind them of the truth that like yeah like you are already loved like you, the performance aspect of your life it, I understand that that is such an exhausting thing to keep ready like, what would it look like for you if you were, like, living out of the fact that Jesus already loves you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just remind you of that and not recognizing that, like, I don't know. I, I think for a lot of men, it's like, I have a lot of big feelings. I don't know how to process that. don't know how to say it. And if I do say it now, I'm, like, I'm weird or I'm, like, cast it out. And I recognize that, like, yeah, I think the Lord wired feelings for a reason. Yeah. And somehow society said we can't have those, at least for men anyway. Um, it's like socially acceptable for women to have them, but it's not socially acceptable for men to have them. Yeah. And, uh, and so like to create safe places for like guys to be like, oh yeah, like I feel this way. I probably shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not true. Like that's an indicator of like, like the Holy Spirit trying to get hold of your, like your attention. Yeah. Uh, and so how do we process that and filter that and then look at the truth? You know, and so anyways, yeah. I don't really know if that really answers that question, but I that's, love that you that's have what the happens. platform you do. Yeah. And that passion and experience that you have, that's such a gift. Yeah, and, and I was just talking to someone about this the other day. Gosh, I wish I could remember. I, I feel like it was a conversation I was having with a parent. Um, tell them why you would have a conversation with a parent. What? The people. Tell the people why you would have a conversation with a parent. Oh, are you guys serving from the SM? That's one of my lawyers. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I hang out with him. Um, but I, I want to say we were talking about this concept of men and their feelings and I was just able to, and I want to share this with you, I was able to share with them, um, because she, the person was speaking like negatively of the church or how they, um, I don't I can't recall if it was our church just in it or just the church in general and how they don't, um, equip men well enough to, to do what you're talking about. Right. And, um, yeah, I was, I was like, you know, you're right. Oh, I don't know. It's coming back to me. It was about just this like void of real discipleship. Um, in different church studies, how there's a lot of emphasis on like women's discipleship and women's studies and women's equipping, I think, but there's just not a ton for men. And I think that that provides a gap in marriage now, especially um, when women are starting to get poured into the equipped community and it's being flourished, but then there's not that same space for men. And I told her, I said, look, I am, I, yes, I, I agree. Um, and I am so excited and encouraged by what the well does in our next gen because from our stage, we have people like Ao, we have people like Jordan, we have people like Michael who stand there and they week after week tell these boys 
that it's okay to have feelings, that yeah. it is okay to be strong or strong when you express your feelings yeah. and emotions. It is okay to enter these things that are already starting to like put those seeds in their mind so that later on down the road, when they might not have resources to like, or outlets to uh, cultivate that, they already have that foundation. And so I'm really encouraged that my son one day will be able to enter into that space yeah. um, just with that truth because it's just not the case necessarily. Well, it wasn't our, the case with our husbands and our cats and our grandmothers because that, you know, that culture is starting to flourish a little bit more now with our next gen. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just so encouraging. Mm -hmm. Because, and so yeah, I just had to take a second to like, yeah, I, I don't think I've heard you like speak about that. Um, like instantly, not from Sage or not from like leader meetings or whatnot, but. Well, and I think what we're experiencing too is a pendulum shift. You spoke a little bit about like, oh, there's all these things for women that's because like for a long time there was nothing for women right, right. In, in the evangelical church so when we're like i think the shift that there was like a deep swing in the early 2000s of like men are the leaders like you hold it down like this is like this is how you be a man and so i think what we're experiencing and what like Kao, you're speaking of too is like um we have to shift the pendulum from that conversation to yes, yes, you are called to lead. You are called to lead in love. And there's a way to do it that honors God and honors the people around you that you don't have to assert yourself in a way that's hurtful or dismissive or abusive. Um, yeah, I don't know if you had a thought on that, but yeah oh yeah no i agree i think that's definitely what's currently happening yeah I think also too i also agree that there is that type of void alex or it's like oftentimes we'll find that like women are probably more leaders spiritually than they are yeah uh in the home and that's like women seek after those resources and then because of societal standards and like stereotypes men are like i cannot ask for help or equipment mm. or anything that because i should already know these apps both the should and it, yes. yeah and it, yeah and it, it's in ways in their whether they're willing to like vocalize that or not weakness yeah and, yeah like or, un unability to provide right. failing as a husband or yeah. a provider or whatever it's, it's just, just false yeah it's that shame that just keeps you trapped yeah. and that everybody else is killing it in this area and if i admit that i'm struggling what does that say about me yeah if they only it's the classic if they only knew yeah dot 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 yeah it's that and pride so like yeah like a lot of, a lot of times it's across from men and it's just it's really just pride i don't want to look like you know it's and with the shame as well yeah i think it's even underlying in that as well and so it's like almost like walking them through that being like you know that's actually no one has it figured out <laughs> you know and we actually need each other more than you actually think yeah. which is why i think I, I i mean you can disagree it's a hot take for me which is why i think when like like male friendships tend to be more like, wow, that's actually very much you know, like Jonathan and David, or that's very much Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, where it's iron sharpens iron. A lot of you're like, wow, that's so like, that's cool, because it doesn't happen very often. And what happens if like no one really bad an eye on that? Like, oh yeah, that's normal. That's what you yeah. guys look like. Uh, and so like that's what that's what we're championing with our yes. students. We're like, hey, yes. yeah. It's so vital. I mean that that you. They need it, and it's just such. I, I yeah. Oh, I could. We could talk all day about this. Yes. Um. I. It, yeah. It takes a lot to face our pasts, to look them in the eye, and like do a deep dive on them and analyze that. 
Um, yeah, what encouragement do you have for those who are struggling <clears throat> to look in the rearview mirror? And yeah. Yeah, I laugh. I chuckle a second because it's like in the the you know the illustration I think is like let's look in the rearview mirror. There's a reason why we don't look there very often or very long. You know, we're yeah. always looking forward. Um, and even eye contact back here when you're looking at passengers in the back, it's more like quickly. It's not and we don't hold gazes. You know, yeah. and uh, and so I think it because of that's because it's very difficult. Um, we're afraid that if we look back too long, like uh, the things that we like have quotes unquote healed from end up taking us back captive yeah um and we're afraid of staying in that place it's like the whole thing right sometimes we don't even want to feel like negative feelings because we're afraid that we can't get ourselves out of them yes mm-hmm. uh, and no one wants to be a victim no one wants to be a victim everyone's i can like i was process that this past week where it's like i'm done being needy like i'm done being, i'm done having bad days you know uh and then my friend being like well that's just you being human <laughs> i don't <laughs> like Humans can have bad days, and they can be plural, you know? And I was like, okay, you're not wrong. Um, but for, yeah, but for me, as far as, like, uh, it's been a journey for me. I think it's, I've taken the last three years. 2020 was a very catalytic moment for me. Mm. There were a lot of big events that happened that were very triggering for me that I thought, oh, I need help. Um, and so we went to, or I, like, asked my wife, but I mainly essentially said, hey, this is what I'm doing. wasn't necessarily like, hey, can I get permission or do you think this is a good idea? I just I just knew in my heart that like this was a good idea for me and for us uh, and for all. And so I just started going to therapy in 2020 and realized that I didn't go to therapy when I moved. Like after all the like abuse, after all that transition and change, um, I didn't go, I, no one took care of the soul or the heart. Uh, it was just a lot of like, just like physical needs. Um, and so I had a lot of things that like I have found ways to cope in that I just thought was how I was supposed to live my life or how I was how I was already wired and realizing that a lot of things were like unhealthy. <laughs> um, and so uh, that's been really difficult. I wouldn't say it's very easy and it's actually not fun. But to be in a safe environment where it's like the person's for you, uh, it's like a Christian uh, counseling center. And so uh, like the people are very much like we are driven by the gospel and the truth of it. Um, but also like walk through like, hey, like almost hearing the things that you wish or you didn't know you could hear, like, hey, like that was unfair. That should not have happened. Yeah. That was not God's design. Um, and, or though my favorite phrase is, how could you not? How could you not do the things that you have done? Or how could you not have like coped the way you did knowing that all the things have happened? It almost makes you feel understood. And then processing, like, okay, like, my therapist says, like, yeah, for the longest time, like, put yourself as a mountain, the rain has fallen and has created a rut of this is where the water always goes. And now you're learning that that's actually wasn't the best place for the water to go. And you're having to redig a trench and you're trying to fill up the old rut. And now, so that's why, so there's some days when you're dealing with, like, trauma or hurt or even your past of, like, oh, like, there are a lot of what ifs that I should haves in my life. Or moments that I think are too scary to even like process or share. Uh, we've created like these little ruts in our lives where it's like this is how we cope with them and they're not healthy. And so over time we're learning that like we shouldn't do that that way, but we should go the other way. And there are days when when there's a lot of rain that happens, it's gonna go back. So you shouldn't judge the fact that like your healing is taking too long. Or like I took I I went five steps back and back at where I started. Um, because that's just you learning healthy coping things and yeah. trusting in the Lord. It's such so. a beautiful picture. What would you say to someone 
to, because uh, I've heard your story a couple of different times, mm. uh, and like abuse is much more common than we realize many times. Yeah. Um, and comes in a lot of forms and a lot of different, it's more, it's a real spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you tell the person who has suffered some trauma, whether big T or little T, and it's just like, you know, but God's enough. Processing with the Lord is enough. What would you tell that person to invite them into like maybe greater healing or to just encourage them in that like uh, what God should be enough? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I well yes. I think I've cleaned on the fact that God is enough. But there are days when uh God is enough because he's created like avenues where we can have like actual like practical healing in our in our presence. So, like the people who get to be Jesus incarnate to us. Yeah. Um, and for us to be like, God is enough, but then like, uh, throw away the community that God's provided is almost like, like God, the doc, the doctor saying, this is what I'm prescribing for your healing. You're saying, I don't want the medicine. Um, and, and so like, for me, if it, I applaud you, if listeners, if you're like, yeah, like I had a lot of trauma, but God is enough. Yes, I agree. You're not wrong. Um, and actually I think God is more than enough. And I think that God has created like a lot of ways for us to process and to heal um and you trusting the lord as god is enough is a little trust in the fact that the things he's given you is also enough which is aie community yeah um recognizing that like uh sometimes there are days when the lies are way too loud yeah. and you need other people to be like i'm sitting right next to you so that way i can remind you of the truth that you have forgotten mm -hmm. or when you kind of start spiraling like god is enough and he's enough by the by the fact that i'm now going to read god's word you know, or like, I'm gonna go ahead and like talk to my friend who like, I'm like, here are all the things that are going on in my mind. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, cool. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Well, so I hear you saying is this one thing is what was triggering it. How are we gonna, let's talk about that one thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh wow, I thought it was, a, no, it was a lot of things. It was really just one thing. I need help. I need someone else to be like, can I look at like your life as a whole or your day as a whole to help pinpoint that. And so I think that like, I don't know, I would just encourage the listener to be like, I think you're not wrong. God is enough. But I also think that God's provided other ways to help us because he loves, he loves us too much to leave us there. Yeah. yeah. And so I think sometimes when we say God is enough, we're almost doing like this omission, like, hey, yeah, God's enough. Yeah. yeah. And then the, and I, I remind myself that, you know, Moses stood before the Red Sea and told his people, hey, be still, the Lord will fight for you. And the Lord tells Moses it, within the next verse, I have given you everything you need. Please just raise the staff. And so it's that tension of we can trust the Lord, but yes. we also have something we need to do as yes. well. Yes. And so, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I think that's what we should do. Alex is very passionate. I just about had this. a friend. I just had a friend text me this week that we say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes, like constantly in this pod. And I was like, I know, I'm so. I like apologize. I was like, I know, I'm so sorry. We're trying to work on it. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, make it a T-shirt. Like, yeah, we are a vocal group. We are a scriptural concept. So passionate about because I am a Jewer now, so I get to it. And something I want to like, take note on is it doesn't have natural to everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I think, um, I think, yeah, I think the Lord's really been helping me in that lens of like, of helping me with my maybe expectations and or like solutions that I, right, just do it, like, carry on and then move, like, come on, like, you gotta see help. We can't just sit and 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 do this, or we can't expect change without movement. Like we gotta get going. But that's how he wired me, 
that's how we wired everyone else. Yeah. And also there's a lot of case that, you know, medically could hinder someone from that. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the Lord doesn't provide ways, right? Like you're saying, like he's provided everything there always to stuff. I, I agree, or I, I can only I can't I can't second that enough. Something I was thinking that I would love for you to touch on because we've been pretty like it covered the journey of like um the things you're paying to all the positives. So like can you outline a time in your life or through this process either as a young guy, um, or even up personally, of course probably some of that you've struggled to cling to those promises and or like how did that affect your um what you walked through mm. in life. Um and both the sort of has given you and the suffering that he has allowed you to endure. Yeah. Um, ultimately to bring him see bring to him. But like can you can you share with us if there has been a struggle um and that has impacted your faith since you accepted Christ as your savior, um, to reconcile those sufferings and the yeah. continued um all of essentially like your wounds. Yeah. Um and you know, as as a fellow uh person with similar pains to you know, each time a big life thing can happen, you can really like strip away that are layer of like, oh that that stings that sh that should be where family is in my life and it's not there. And so, um, God, man, like this is revealing something in me right now again that I thought was healed. So, yeah. I don't know. Can you share if you do struggle? Can you see, or is there were there marks mowing your life where you're like, God, like this is impacting maybe what I believe about you, or um, yeah, of course, yeah. I think uh, yeah. If you just kind of stop listening now, you would have missed the whole thing because the idea is like it sounds very pretty. And it's not. I think that's even like the misconception we believe when we like finally like, oh, I'm falling after the Lord and everything's like sweet and healed. Right. Like we're restored, redeemed, we're new, we're new believers. We're like the oldest gone, the newest here, all right. this other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, which we're not just counting those words. Those are very true. But yeah. what I'm saying is like, uh, just like this, like a new seedling takes time to grow to an actual tree. It does take time uh, for that even us to even see the new things that God's doing in our lives. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that like those things go away. There's like shadows. I call it flinching. Um, and I don't know if I got it from my therapist or I don't know, or it was just like an actual reaction for me. Um, but like there are times when like I'm still flinching even though everything's safe. Um, but for me, a lot of times where it struggles is it will always be November for me every year. Uh, November is a marked time because that's when everything kind of went down. Um, and that's also the beginning of the holidays. And that's when everyone asks you around Thanksgiving, Oh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Are you going to see your family? And it's like, no. Yeah. I am yeah. forced to, I'm, my reality is like forced to, or I'm forced to face the reality that like, I don't have the things that people so commonly take for granted. Um, that like, you're going to go home and see like your mom or dad, or even if it's not great, you're going to go home. And I won't have that. Right. Um, and so I'm, I always, so Cassie strategically plans that we travel during those times. So I can say very like, unashamedly like oh yeah like me and my wife are gonna go here actually um and there are days or there are years when like we just can't travel during that time and so I'm, I'm faced with having to say like oh yeah we're just gonna stay in town or whatever and then i go home and cry <laughs> um because it's like family is not a fun word for me either you know for a lot of people too um or like christmas oh gosh christmas 
people talk about family traditions just they're not meaning to like put you right. on the spot you know but they're like oh like what's your family tradition do you guys do this and it's like oh yeah i don't have one yeah. <laughs> or like or they complain that they have like 23 different pajamas because every year their mom gets them a pajama matching pajama oh. set and i'm like wow i wish my mom got me a matching set pajamas you know like just those things that like i'm not trying to be a victim or i'm not right. trying to be like woe is me yeah. but i'm like wow like there was something that should have been that isn't you know yeah. uh and so yeah every thanksgiving and christmas or holiday birthdays are hard for me um because because it's like you're expected that your family is going to celebrate you and then you're like and then even when your friends show up you're like it's not right it's just not the same you know yeah. uh so i think those are moments that every year they come back and then okay, like, i still appreciate your honesty in that because i think so many times people could feel that yeah. and say like oh i'm not gonna feel that but mm. for you to be so courageous mm. and i see it as a courageous act i appreciate it to say like okay this is coming i'm going to not curl up into the fetal position mm. and be hard during it right i'm gonna allow myself to feel it and allow it to pass it doesn't get to be the boss of me but i'm going to feel it it's going to come it's going to go maybe more slowly than you would have it but like that is such a courageous act and i i don't do this very much in the podcast but i want you to know that like that is much that is not lost on people even if you don't see that because that is a character aspect of you that comes out in all sorts of ways like that is like the saturation of like how Jesus has made you and whenever you are around people that sticks yeah I appreciate that I appreciate that very much so, <laughs> so in those seasons in those moments that's when I often like I ask I become like Habakkuk or Job and I almost like tell me why Lord um that this is this is the burden or this is the cross right. the cross I must carry here or that's even even part of the story could you not have rewritten it just a little bit different and then the Lord is sweet uh, because he'll take all those things uh, and then uh, he'll remind me uh, that while I'm longing for things I do not have, he has provided things that are way better in the now. Uh, and so like my friends, on, they will go think they will like have their Thanksgiving dinners with their families. And the next day they come over and they bring all the leftovers <laughs> and we have like a Thanksgiving meal and uh and they we just like do all the family things mm. or christmas like my friends will go like to their christmas things with their families and they are the sweetest i love i love what you were saying about how your people rally around you when they know that you're having yeah a tough time um so yeah, yeah who, who are the, the, I want you to name them. Like, who are those people who continue to bring you back to yourself and remind you of who you are? Um, yeah, and how do they do that for you? You mentioned Christmas and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, it is very important for all my listeners out there who end up might be my friends. If I don't list your name, it doesn't mean that you don't have a place in my heart. But anyways, uh, so I think first and foremost, like we have to talk about my wine. <laughs> um, I think it would be dishonoring if I do not. Um, but yeah, I think first, my wife's actually been through a lot of like the, all, like she, she's a very important friendship for me. 
Um, and uh, the next one will probably be Michael. Uh, it was like a very sweet and dear friend of mine. Uh, and then Sawyer. Uh, and I would also probably say, oh, to, like some of my work friends, like Brand and Jordan, um, Hillary, Eva, like they're very kind, especially because we do ministry together. So life and ministry, we like to pretend, most people have like the luxury that your job ends at five or six. Um, and you can kind of like have compartments of like your life and your work. Uh, for ministry, they tend to blend a lot actually. Um, and so sometimes it's really hard to do ministry without actually knowing how your other person is actually walking through life. Uh, and just as followers of Christ, we are encouraged to encourage one another and do a lot of the one another's for each other. And we play that out in the workspace as well. So that's to be why my work friends are really important in that uh, as well. Um, I would probably say for my wife and so Cassie and Michael, they do a really good job of like noticing the smaller things, I think, for me. Uh, like a lot of people will say like, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh yeah, everything's fine, everything's good. And they'll know that if for some reason I say fine, I'm actually not fine, which I think is like most of society. But um, they're just like, they're just a little bit more sensitive and like caring about like, Ka'eo chooses his words actually very carefully when he talks about himself. Uh, and all he's asking is, do I have the permission to share or not? Because uh, if you're not in that space, I don't want to go ahead and be like, here's everything, you know? Um, and so they do a really good job. We have like phrases where in our household of like, hey, I'm, I'm holding space, is what they'll say. And that means they're like, hey, I, I, you have all my attention if you would like to go ahead and share something, but I'm also not going to push it if you don't feel like you want to share right now. Um, uh, we have another one where um, like when I have like really days where I really feel like I'm too needy or too much or whatever, uh, Cassie and Michael do this really sweet thing where uh, they either will like text me and be like, uh, hey, what are you doing later? Or like, hey, uh, like like tonight I like push things, you know? And like for me, all that demonstrates is like, oh wow, like, you know, I need something and like you're willing to like change your day. It's just like this idea of like, you're not just telling me that I'm worthy or have value, but you're also showing me that I'm worthy of value. Uh, and like for my story, it's like a lot of my stuff is between like words, but then their actions haven't lined up. And so for my friends and even my wife to be like, I'm going to push this so I can make sure I create space for you. Or like, and then even in that moment, oh, this is really important. Even in that moment, I don't trust. It's really, trust is a big thing for me. Yeah. So like, for instance, an example is like, I, I, my friends really are communicating about like their days, like what they have going on during that day. And then I remember I was having a really tough time, uh, just like with a lot of things coming up. I had like a couple of people yell at me at work, at Triggered Fear of Man felt very isolated, just a lot of things. Uh, and my friends literally were like, they all had different things and they all had about an hour overlap and they all showed up at that cup of joy and just sat there. And I was like, hey guys, like I know you're like super busy, so like don't worry about it, like we don't have to. And they're like, literally Ka'eo, we're not busy. We're not busy for you. Yeah. And I was like, but you have that and you have that. Like I'm, I'm still like, I'm still trying to push them away, you know, like you have that and you have that. Don't worry about me, like whatever, like go do that, you know, all this other stuff. And then they, I remember like Michael literally just like, like grabbing my leg. He goes, stop, stop. A lot of people let you down today. We're not going to let you down. I'm really, like, I'm crying. I think that is so powerful. It's I, I want I don't want to leave this bit of the conversation without an encouragement to our listeners and a challenge even. I heard this quote yesterday and it keeps coming back. Um, 
it's a quote from Gandhi that said, it's better to have heart and no words than words with no heart. And sometimes just being, just holding space, not saying the right thing or trying to find the right verse or the right Gandhi quote, <laughs> but to just hold space. It's so powerful. Yeah, it is. I'm like, what I'm holding here is just the sweetness and kindness of God to to deliver this community and family to you. And I often feel that and get very emotional about the people that God has put in my life yeah. to remind me and to show me Him through the suffering that I could not ever comprehend. I'm like, why would you take this from me? Um, and so it's just so sweet um, to, to be able to experience that unconditional love yeah. um, through people who technically, like, by societal standards, aren't supposed to unconditionally love. Yeah. They're not your family. Yeah. Like, and so it's, it's, they are, you know, and, and it's just so, it's just God's kindness. And I, I remember, like, sitting with a person who was struggling through abandonment as well, and 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 sharing with her just like this right here like you and i this is god's kindness like uniting us and bringing his people together like through our struggles and our suffering um this is him like we're teaching that and giving us these giving us this relationship and like i'm so passionate about community because of that because yeah like I still ask those questions too. Like, why would God allow me to suffer for these things? Why couldn't I have an easier story? Like, why? Ugh. But then it's like, because other people also are going to be at the end of a hurt or fallen. Like, they're gonna, there's gonna be a lot. And he needs people to be able to relate to that in a different generation. And he needs to use his people to show them him through healing, someone, someone else's healing down the line or and whatnot and it's just so beautiful community is just such a powerful tool that god uses to uh, heal his people and you and your commitment to that too it's just gosh like it's so inspiring i'm like i yeah i i love seeing you talk about your friends like and how tender you are about them and, and cassie and um and i think it's just a real gift that god is giving you um, amidst all the stuff he's essentially allowed to happen in your life. I think the sweetest thing too is like just kind of hearing what you're saying about like how like this sh like shows the Lord. Sometimes it's like I don't. I would probably say like there are days when I'm like oh, I wish I like I wasn't done telling Cassie. I wish that like I like in moments when like I feel like you're gonna hurt me. It's like I just like push away. Like I'll be control of my own hurt at this point. Yeah. And I just tell everyone telling her, like, I'm so sorry that, like, on bad days, this is what I want to do. And it's just so unfair to you, you know? It's unfair to my friends, it's unfair to you. And I remember her going to me, like, you can push me as much as you'd like, and I'm going to keep coming back. And then I just remember that I say I'm reading, I'm reading the story of the prodigal son, where, like, the dad's just like, you can run away as far as you want to go, I'm still going to be here. And this idea that's a big picture of that, like, you know, like the Lord's just like, look, I'm reminding you that, like, yes, so many times people ran away from you, but I didn't. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's been, yeah, that's been huge in my life. Yeah. Purpose, yeah. I think that we, assumptions kill relationships. 
And so when we assume that like, oh, they're good, or like, there's people closer to them. Like, we're fine, we don't need to go that deep. Or like, um, they're like, I'm sure their wife or their spouse or whoever is taking care of that, you know? Um, I, I, don't need to, I don't need to step into that conversation. My goodness, like, we, all of us lose out. Um, there, I, I hear you talking a lot about risk. It is risky to be vulnerable. And for your friend, like, it's risky for your friends because they know that you're gonna say, they're gonna, you're gonna try to push. And they have to be able to say what they just said. And that's a bravery to be like, no, regardless, you know, because we, we're humans, we will hurt each other. And so every time we step into a new friendship or a long-term friendship, but maybe we've like kept it at a surface, um, to go that extra step deeper, yes, it's risky. Is it worth it? Yes. Um, but it will, it will feel uncomfortable because yeah, you're right. Like our society does not leave a lot of room and space for us to go deep with one another. Um, or even like you're talking about like your friendship with Michael, like there could be some people listening to that and be like uncomfortable. Like, what? Like, why are they so close? You know, like, but I think that that's the, that's it right there. Like that's the sweetness is that you've chosen to step into a very intentional friendship and i'm sure over time it has evolved and changed and grown to now be like that's your person like i we go deep and like he is gonna call me out and we're gonna go to vulnerable and risky places that other friendships might feel uncomfortable with and i say to that like what a sweet charge to the rest of us that we would choose a person or a group of people and go not only do I call you friend, I call you like my left and right arms that you would know like what is going on in my life, my deepest struggles, my, my worst fears. Um, and in, in every day, I think sometimes we get caught up in like, oh, we're just gonna go to coffee um, and have a good time, you know, or we're gonna go shopping and it's gonna, it's gonna be fine. Um, being willing to take that extra step of like, hey, you good? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. How do you need, what do you need from me right now? Or like, Hey, I heard you say this earlier. Could you explain that a little more? That soul to soul connection. Yeah. Is really what that is. And cool. Yeah. But my goodness. Is it a journey? It's risky, but a worth it, a worth it journey. Yeah. Cause we know God better, right? Yeah. We do. Yeah. It's really sweet. We are in the deep. I think we're good. Yeah. I feel like we need to do a fuel in your tank and wrap her up. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So, how we wrap up every episode is we need to ask you two questions. Oh, okay. Okay. This was this on the email. These Okay. Number one. Not to leave your house without. This is a man's steak, and I am quite curious. Oh. Okay, well, I can't leave my house with my deodorant. What? So there's a deodorant in my, in my backpack. Okay. I appreciate that. Yep. Are you a perspirer? I'm not a perspirer, but I am aware that, like, I will probably get smelly at some point. Oh. Uh, Gracious thing, so yeah. touches up. Yeah, so I, ha I always have a deodorant, and then 
is it like also is this like the normal like my keys my wallet okay so those obviously i need to get somewhere um my uh journal so my journal has to come with me so that one's probably different so that one has to come with me your range journal are ones we have not yeah. have not had that in the seat. Third one is did you say three things? I don't know. Sure. Three is fine. Alright, cool. Anyways, and then my last my last one is I like to make sure that I always have uh <laughs> an ibuprofen. <laughs> I'm king. For the days that I like end up not being able to drink coffee. What? Yeah. And so what I hear there is a caffeine addiction. There is a caffeine addiction. Okay. So, like, sometimes it might get too busy. I just like, oh, shoot, I need to have cotton. And I need my Edgar. Not the first thing. See, as a person in the next stage of life, I just assumed that was for, like, achy. Oh, that was for coffee. I can leave it. That was my thought process. It was for the coffee. Yesterday, I didn't get coffee until 7 p.m. And I was like, I took an ibuprofen at 2.30. Yeah, that'd be a hard no. So, our next question is, what is fueling your tank right now. Do it. Oh, nice. Yeah, go, baby. We love a highland tank. Side mirrors are your friends. Wow. Okay. What's fueling my tank? I would have to say um, number one. Well, I have two. Number one, like physical exercise is good for grounding me, so it actually is fueling my tank. I don't know if that's actually a good thing for everybody, but it is really good for me. Uh, and then the second thing is no. Uh, it actually is like, I would like to say it's like meeting with people because that's like my job, you know, like, you know, it's supposed to be feeling for me. But I would probably say it's more like my writings. So like, I've been like doing a lot of writing. Feeling in these tanks right now. <laughs> so it's actually very feeling for me because it's like, uh, oftentimes I'm just writing to myself, like what I wish and so I would say to myself in that space. Uh, and so it's been really like healing and like feeling my tank to oh, like have another creative space for me to exist in. Yeah. Uh, so that's been really cool. How do we find you? How do we find your writing? Yeah, your writing, your picture, sure. Your travel. Uh, uh, yeah, some tips. They're all on Instagram, so just like at k a e o dot y, and they're all there. Uh, and we'll tag you. My photos are there. They're mainly in existence because my wife's a travel blogger too. So like, that's like my secondary. No, but you'll find her. Hers is that Cassie. Oh my gosh, guys. Speaking of this, it's actually not even like related to the podcast, but like Cassie just did. She like just launched her, uh, she like launched her, uh, travel devotion. Yes, I saw that. And it's actually really cute and really sweet. I'm my favorite line where she's like, we always forget God in our PTO. And I was like, oh, that's real. Like, honestly, it is. And I'm, I've been trained to base why. Yeah. Like, why when I go on vacation? Is this not a priority for my heart? Like, huh? you think, is it because I'm like in this mindset that I'm like, I'm on vacay, so I'm gonna have a discipline? Yeah, I don't know. What is it? I mean, I feel like that's an episode all in itself. Uh, she was talking to Cass. Hmm. Anyways, it's yeah. your call. But uh, I just loved it. That was really cool. And uh, nothing behind her. She was like, I just want to share it with you guys. But yes, Cass's Compass, that's where she's at. Travel blogger, Christian travel blogger. It's a great thing. Super fun. I mean, fun facts. I remember how I met you. And you were like starting to like hit you're like i really trying to develop my portfolio oh, i was yeah and i was like can i make some photos yes yeah. so you brought cassie to the store the first store and you took photos that's and they were right. so great and i was like oh my gosh it's so fun and then like literally i think a month or two later the lord spoke to me like a thunderbolt in church I was like hey, whoa. <laughs> and then i was like what did you say to me bro and then i was like uh 
It's just it's somebody like yeah. that. Okay, yo. I just, just met you. you. I was like, wow. I was like, yeah, and then Brynn was like, listen, more people need to be like, ah, oh. she was like, I want my kids to see that I'm serving. So we've taken that line when people are like, yeah, I got another, like, we have the kids. And I was like, yeah, well, like, <laughs> we do, you Alex your, do you want to see your kids, like, actually modeling the fact that you're serving? And they're like, wow, that's real. And then they serve. Yeah. Because they. Anyways, I appreciate it. Oh, it's such a joy. Kale, thank you for being in the car with us yeah, today. Yeah, thanks for having me carpool. Yes. yes. Thanks for carpooling with yeah, us. Yeah, so cool. Us carpooligans. Did we ever Did decide we on that? that so many way? people were team carpooligans. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's pretty it's much the same. Pretty pretty yeah. Carpooligans, we love you. We love you. We'll see you next time. Yes, we Bye. will. Bye. Bye.